Chapter Thirteen of the Canadians of Old by Philippe Aubert de Gaspé, translated by Sir Charles G. D. Roberts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. A Night Among the Savages. What tragic tears bedew the eye! What deaths we suffer ere we die! Our broken friendships we deplore, and loves of youth that are no more. Logan all all on earth is shadow all beyond is substance the reverse is folly's creed how solid all where change shall be no more young's night thoughts having cursed his enemy and the day of his birth lochiel had gradually come to a more christian frame of mind as he lay bound to a tree and all hope banished from his heart he knew that the savages scarcely ever spared their captives and that a slow and hideous death was in store for him recovering his natural force of mind he hardly took care to pray for his deliverance but he implored of heaven forgiveness for his sins and strength to bear the tortures that were before him of what account thought he the judgment of men when the dream of life is over and he bowed himself beneath the hand of god the three warriors were seated around within a dozen feet of lochiel smoking in silence the indians are naturally reserved regarding light conversation as only suitable to women and children one of them however by name talamousse speaking to the man of the island made inquiry will my brother wait long here for the warriors from the portage three days answered the latter lifting up three fingers grand lutre and talamousse will depart to-morrow with the prisoner the frenchman will rejoin them at the encampment of captain launière it is well said grand lutre extending his hand toward the south we are going to take the prisoner to the camp at petit marigotte where we will wait three days for my brother and the warriors from the portage and then go to the camp of captain launière for the first time lochiel perceived that the voice of the man with the fox-skin cap was not like that of the other two men although he spoke their language fluently hitherto he had suffered in silence the torments of a burning thirst it was a veritable torture of tantalus with the crystal lake waters lapping at his feet but under the impression that the man might be a frenchman he made bold to say if there is a christian among you for god's sake let him give me a drink what does the dog want said grand lutre to his companion the man addressed made no answer for some moments his whole body trembled his face became pale as death a cold sweat bathed his forehead then controlling himself sternly he answered in his natural voice the prisoner asks for a drink tell the dog of an englishman said talamousse that he shall be burned to-morrow and that if he is very thirsty he shall have boiling water to drink i am going to tell him replied the canadian presently that my brothers permit me to give their captive a little water let my brother do as he will said talamousse the pale faces have hearts like young girls 
the canadian curled a piece of birch bark into the form of a cup filled it with fresh water and handed it to the prisoner saying who are you sir in the name of god who are you your voice is like that of a man who is very dear to me i am archibald cameron of lochiel came the answer once the friend of your countrymen now their enemy and well deserving the fate which is in store for him mr archie replied dumay for he it was although you had slain my brother although it should be necessary for me to cut down these two red rascals with my tomahawk in an hour you shall be free i shall try persuasion before resorting to violent measures now silence dumay resumed his place with the indians and after a time he remarked the prisoner thanks the redskins for promising him the death of a man he says that the song of the pale-face will be that of a warrior hurrah said grand loutre the englishman will screech like an owl when he sees the fires of our wigwams and he went on smoking and casting glances of contempt upon lochiel the englishman said talamousse speaks like a man while the stake is yet far off the englishman is a coward who could not suffer thirst he has begged his enemies for a drink like a baby crying for its mother and the indian spit upon the ground contemptuously dumay opened a wallet took out some provisions and offered a portion to the savages who refused to eat then he stepped into the woods and after a short search brought out a bottle of brandy he took a drink and began to eat the eyes of one of the indians dwelt longingly on the bottle talamousse is not hungry my brother said he but he is very thirsty he has made a long march to-day and he is very tired the fire-water is good to rest one's legs dumay passed him the bottle the indian seized it with a trembling hand and gulped down a good half of the contents ah but that's good said he handing back the bottle and presently his piercing eyes grew glazed and a vacant look began to creep into his face dumay does not offer any to his brother grand loutre said the canadian he knows that he does not drink fire-water the great spirit loves grand loutre said the latter and made him throw up the only mouthful of fire-water he ever drank the great spirit made him so sick that he thought he was going to visit the country of souls grand loutre is very thankful for the fire-water takes away man's wisdom it is good fire-water said talamousse after a moment's silence stretching out his hand toward the bottle which dumay removed from his reach give me one more drink my brother i beg you no said dumay not now by and by perhaps and he put the bottle back into his knapsack the great spirit also loves the canadian resumed dumay after a pause he appeared to him last night in a dream what did he say to my brother asked the indians the great spirit told him to buy back the prisoner answered dumay my brother lies like a frenchman replied grand loutre he lies like all the pale-faces the redskins do not lie to them 
the french never lie when they speak of the great spirit said the canadian and opening his knapsack he took a small sip of brandy give me my brother give me one little drink said talamus stretching out his hand if talamus will sell me his share of the prisoner said dumais he shall have another drink give me all the fire-water said talamus and take my share of the english dog no said dumais one more drink and that will be all and he made a movement to put away the bottle give it to me then and take my share of him he seized the bottle in both hands took a long pull at the precious fluid and then fell asleep on the grass there's one of them fixed thought dumais grand loutre had been watching all this with an air of defiance but had kept on smoking indifferently now will my brother sell me his share of the prisoner asked dumais what do you want of him replied the savage to sell him to captain d'haberville who will have him hung for burning his house the prisoner will endure like a warrior the tortures of the stake but at the sight of the rope he will weep like a girl my brother lies again replied grand loutre all the english that we have burned cried out like cowards and not one of them sang his death song like a man they would have thanked us to hang them it is only the red warrior who prefers the stake to the disgrace of being hung like a dog let my brother heed my words said dumais the prisoner is not an englishman but a scotchman and the scotch are the savages of the english let my brother observe the prisoner's clothing and see how like it is to that of a savage warrior that is true said grand loutre he does not smother himself in clothes like the other soldiers whom the great onontheo sends across the water but what has that to do with it why replied the canadian a scotch warrior would rather be burned than be hung like the redskins of canada he considers that one hangs only dogs and that if he were to go to the country of souls with the rope about his neck the savage warriors would refuse to hunt with him my brother lies again said the indian shaking his head incredulously the scotch savages are nevertheless pale faces and they cannot have the courage to endure pain like a redskin and he went on smoking thoughtfully let my brother hearken and he will see that i speak the truth said dumais speak thy brother gives ear the english and the scotch continued the canadian dwell in a great island beyond the great water the english dwell on the plains while the scotch inhabit the mountains the english are as many as the grains of sand about the shores of this lake while the scotch are but as the sands of this little island yet the scotch have withstood the english in war for as many moons as there are leaves on this great maple the english are rich the scotch poor when the scotch beat the english they return to their mountains laden with booty when the english beat the scotch they get nothing the profit is all on one side if the english are so numerous said grand loutre 
why do they not pursue their enemies into the mountains and kill every man of them they could not escape since as my brother says they live on the same island hurrah cried dumais after the fashion of the savages i will show my brother why the scotch mountains are so high that if an army of young englishmen were to ascend them but half way they would be an army of greybeards before they got down again the french are always tomfools said the indian they can't do anything but talk nonsense soon they will put on petticoats and go and sit with our squaws and amuse them with their funny stories they never talk seriously like men my brother ought to understand said dumais that what i said was merely to impress upon him the remarkable height of the scottish mountains let my brother continue grand loutre hears and understands said the indian accustomed to this figurative style of speech the scotch legs are as strong as those of a moose and active as those of a roebuck continued dumais true said the indian if they are all like the prisoner here who in spite of his bonds kept right on my heels all the way he has the legs of an indian the english said dumais are large and strong but they have soft legs and huge bellies when they pursue their more active enemies into the mountains the scotchmen lie in ambush and kill them by the score the war seemed as if it would last for ever when the english took prisoners they used to burn many of them but these would sing their death song at the stake and heap insult on their torturers by telling them that they had drunk out of the skulls of their ancestors hurrah cried grand loutre they are men these scotch the scotch had a great chief named wallace a mighty warrior when he set out for war the earth trembled under his feet he was as tall as yonder fir-tree and as strong as an army an accursed wretch betrayed him for money he was taken prisoner and sentenced to be hung at this news a cry of rage and grief went up from all the mountains of scotland all the warriors painted their faces black a great council was held and ten chiefs bearing the pipe of peace set out for england they were conducted into a great wigwam the council fire was lighted and for a long time every one smoked in silence at length an old chief took up the word and said my brother the earth has drunk enough of the blood of these two great nations and we wish to bury the hatchet give us back wallace and we will remain hostages in his place you shall put us to death if ever again he lifts the tomahawk against you with these words he handed the pipe of peace to the great anantheo of the english who waved it aside saying sternly within three days wallace shall be hung listen my brother said the great scotch chief if wallace must die let him die the death of a warrior hanging is a death for dogs and again he presented the pipe of peace and anantheo refused it the deputies withdrew and consulted together on their return the great chief said let my brother hearken favorably to my last words 
let him fix eleven stakes to burn wallace and these ten warriors who will be proud to share his fate and will thank their brother for his clemency once more he offered the pipe of peace and once more anantheo rejected it hooah cried grand loutre those were noble and generous words but my brother has not told me how the scotch are now friends with the english and fighting against the french with rage in their hearts the deputies returned to their mountains at their death cries which they uttered at the gate of every town and village to announce the fate of wallace every one rushed to arms and the war between the two nations continued for as many moons as there are grains of sand here in my hand said dumais picking up a handful the scotch were generally beaten by their swarming enemies and their rivers ran with blood but they knew not how to yield the war would have been going on still but for a traitor who warned the english that nine scotch chiefs having gathered in a cavern to drink fire-water had fallen to sleep there like our brother talamous the redskins said grand loutre are never traitors to their own people they deceive their enemies but never their friends will my brother tell me how it comes that there are traitors among the pale faces dumais a little puzzled to answer this question went on as if he had not heard it the nine chiefs were taken to a great city and condemned to be hung within a month on this sad news fires were lighted on all the hills of scotland to summon a grand council of all the warriors the wise men spoke fine words for three days and three nights but came to no conclusion then they consulted the spirits and a great medicine-man declared that the manitou was angry with his children and that they must bury the hatchet forever twenty warriors with blackened faces betook themselves to the chief town of the english and before the gates they uttered a death-cry for every captive chief a great council was held and anantheo granted peace on condition that they should give hostages that they should deliver up their strongholds that the two nations should henceforth be as one and that the english and scotch warriors should fight shoulder to shoulder against the enemies of the great anantheo a feast was made which lasted three days and three nights and at which so much brandy was drunk that the women took away all the tomahawks had they not done so the war would have broken out anew the english were so rejoiced that they promised to send the scotch all the heads feet and tails of the sheep which they should kill in the future the english must be generous indeed said the indian my brother must see by this continued dumais that a scotch warrior would rather be burned than hung and he will sell me his share of the prisoner let my brother fix his price and dumais will not count the cost grand loutre will not sell his share of the prisoner said the indian he has promised taoutsi and katakoui to hand him over to-morrow at petit marigot and he will keep his word the council will be assembled and grand loutre will speak to the young men 
if the young men consent not to burn him it will then be time to hand him over to d'haberville my brother knows dumais said the canadian he knows that he is rich and a man of his word dumais will pay for the prisoner six times as much as onontheo pays the indians for every one of his enemies scalps grand loutre knows said the indian that his brother speaks the truth but he will not sell his share of the prisoner the eyes of the canadian shot flame and instinctively he grasped his hatchet but suddenly changing his mind he assumed an indifferent air and knocked the ashes out of the bowl of his tomahawk which served the canadians as well as the savages for tobacco pipe when on the march although the first hostile movement of the canadian had not escaped the keen eye of his companion the latter went on smoking tranquilly the words of dumais had revived the spark of hope in archie's heart in spite of his bitter remorse he was too young to bid farewell without regret to all that made life dear could he the last of his race willingly suffer the shield of the camerons to go to the tomb with a stain could he endure to die leaving the d'habervilles to think that they had cherished a viper in their bosom he thought of the despair of jules the curses of the implacable captain the silent grief of the good woman who used to call him her son the sorrow of the fair girl whom he had hoped one day to call by a tenderer name than that of sister archie was indeed young to die and with the renewal of hope in his heart he again clung desperately to life he had followed with ever-increasing anxiety the scene that was passing before him he endeavored to comprehend it by watching the faces of the speakers dark as was the night he had lost nothing of the hate and scorn which were flashed upon him from the cruel eyes of the savages knowing the ferocity of the indians when under the influence of alcohol it was not without surprise he saw dumais passing them the bottle but when he saw one refuse to drink and the other stretched in drunken stupor on the sand he understood the canadian's tactics when he heard the name of wallace he remembered that during dumais's illness he had often entertained him with fabulous stories about his favorite hero but he was puzzled to guess the canadian's purpose in talking about the deeds of a scottish warrior if he had understood the latter part of dumais's story he would have recalled the chaffing of jules in regard to the pretended delicacies of his countrymen when he saw the angry gleam in the canadian's eyes when he saw him grasp his tomahawk he was on the point of crying not to strike his generous soul foresaw the dangers to which his friend would be exposed if he should kill an indian belonging to a tribe allied with the french the canadian was silent for some time he refilled his pipe began to smoke and at length said quietly when grand loutre with his father his wife and his two sons fell sick of the smallpox over by south river dumais sought them out at the risk of bringing the disease upon himself and family 
he carried them to his own wigwam where he nursed them for three moons it was not the fault of dumais if the old man and the two boys died dumais had them buried like christians and the black robe has prayed to the great spirit for their souls if dumais replied the indian if dumais and his wife and his children had fallen sick in the forest grand loutre would have carried them to his wigwam would have fished for them and would have hunted for them would have bought them the fire-water which is the frenchman's medicine and would have said eat and drink my brothers and recover your strength grand loutre and his squaw would have watched day and night by the couch of their french friends and never would grand loutre have said remember that i fed you and took care of you and bought fire-water for you with my furs let my brother take the prisoner continued the indian drawing himself up proudly the redskin is no longer in debt to the pale face and he calmly resumed his smoking listen my brother said the canadian and pardon dumais that he has hidden the truth he knew not thy great heart now he is going to speak in the presence of the great spirit himself in whose presence he dare not lie that is true said the indian let my brother speak when grand loutre was sick two years ago continued the canadian dumais told him about his adventure when the ice went out that spring at the falls of saint thomas and how he was saved by a young scotchman who had arrived that very evening at the house of the seigneur de beaumont my brother has told me said the indian and he has shown me the little island suspended over the abyss whereon he awaited death grand loutre knew the place and the old cedar to which my brother clung very well replied dumais rising and taking off his cap thy brother swears in the presence of the great spirit that the prisoner is none other than the young scotchman who saved his life the indian gave a great cry which went echoing wildly round the lake he sprang to his feet drew his knife and rushed upon the captive lochiel thought his hour had come and commended his soul to god what was his surprise when the savage cut his bonds grasped his hands with every mark of delight and pushed him into the arms of his friend dumais pressed archie to his breast then sank upon his knees and cried i have prayed to thee o god to extend the right arm of your protection over this noble and generous man my wife and my children have never ceased to make the same prayer i thank thee o god that thou hast granted me even more than i had dared to ask i thank thee o god for i should have committed a crime to save his life and should have gone to my grave a murderer now said lochiel after endeavouring to thank his rescuer let us get off as quickly as possible my dear dumais for if my absence from camp is perceived i am ruined utterly i will explain as we go just as they were setting foot in the canoe the cry of the osprey was heard three times from the lake shore opposite the island it is the young men from marigot coming to look for you my brother said grand loutre turning to lochiel taoutsi and katakui must have met some of them and told them they had an english prisoner on the island 
but they will shout a long time without awakening talamousse and as to grand loutre he is going to sleep till the canadian gets back bon voyage my brothers as archie and his companion directed their course toward the north they heard for a long time the cries of the osprey which were uttered at short intervals by the indians on the south shore i fear said archie that the young abenaque warriors foiled in their amiable intent will make a bad quarter of an hour for our friends on the island it is true replied his companion that we are depriving them of a very great pleasure they find the time long at marigot and to-morrow might have been passed very pleasantly in roasting a prisoner lochiel shuddered in spite of himself as for the two canauas red rascals we have left do not trouble yourself for them they will know how to get out of the scrape the indian is the most independent being imaginable and renders account to nobody for his actions unless it suits him moreover the worst that could happen to them in the present instance would be using their own expression to cover the half of the prisoner with beaver skins or their equivalent in other words to pay their share in him to taoutsi and katakui it is more probable however that grand loutre who is a kind of a wag among them would choose rather to raise a laugh at the expense of his two disappointed comrades for he is never without resource he will say perhaps that talamousse and he had a perfect right to dispose of their half of the prisoner that the half which they had set free had run away with the other half that they had better hurry after him for the prisoner was loaded with their share of himself and therefore could not travel very fast with other waggery that would be hugely relished by the indians it is more probable however that he will speak to them of my adventure at the falls of saint thomas which the abenaqui know about and will tell them that it was to your devotion i owed my life then as the indians never forget a good turn they will cry our brothers have done well to set free the saviour of our friend the pale-face lochiel wished to enter into full details in order to excuse himself in the eyes of dumais for his cruel conduct on the day preceding but the latter stopped him a man like you sir said the canadian need make me no explanation i could hardly suspect a heart so noble and so self-forgetful of failing at all in the sentiments of humanity and gratitude i am a soldier and i know all the duties imposed upon one by military discipline i have assisted at hideous performances on the part of our barbarous allies which in my position as sergeant i might have been able to prevent had not my hands been tied by the orders of my superiors it is a hard calling for sympathetic hearts this profession of ours i have been witness of a spectacle continued dumais which makes me shudder now when i think of it i have seen these barbarians burn an english woman she was a young woman of great beauty i still see her tied to the stake where they tortured her for eight mortal hours i still see her in the midst of her butchers clothed like our first mother in nothing but her long fair hair i shall hear for ever her heart-rending cry of my god my god 
we did all we could to buy her back but in vain for her father her husband and her brothers in defending her with the courage of despair had killed many of the savages and among them two of their chiefs we were but fifteen canadians against at least two hundred indians i was young then and i wept like a child ducot who was nicknamed the terror foamed with rage and cried to francaire what sergeant shall we who are men and frenchmen let them burn a poor woman before our eyes give the order sergeant and i will split the skulls of ten of these red hounds before they have time to defend themselves and he would have done it for he was a mighty man was the terror and quick as a fish black bear one of their greatest warriors approached us with a sneer ducrow sprang toward him with his tomahawk uplifted crying take your hatchet coward and you shall see that you have no woman to deal with the indian shrugged his shoulders with an air of pity and said slowly the pale face is childish he would kill his friend to defend the squaw of a dog of an englishman his enemy the sergeant put an end to the argument by ordering ducrow back into the ranks he was a brave and generous heart this sergeant as his name attested with tears in his eyes he said to us it would be useless for me to disobey my orders we would all be massacred without doing the poor woman any good what would be the consequence the great tribe of the abenaqui would forsake its alliance with the french would join our enemies and our own women and children would share the fate of this unhappy englishwoman their blood would be upon my head well mr archie for six months after this hideous scene i used to start from my sleep bathed in sweat with those heart-rending cries of my god my god shrieking in my ears they wondered at my coolness when the ice was bearing me down to the falls of saint thomas here is the explanation of it through the tumult and uproar i was hearing the screams of the unhappy english woman and i believed that heaven was punishing me as i deserved for not having succored her for you see mr archie that man often makes laws which god is very far from sanctioning true indeed said archie sighing during the rest of their journey the two friends talked about the d'abervilles archie learned that the ladies and uncle raoul on the appearance of the english fleet in the st lawrence had taken refuge within the walls of quebec captain d'haberville and jules were in camp at beaupre with their respective regiments fearing lest archie should fall in with some of the abenaqui spies who were hanging on the skirts of the english he escorted archie all the way to his encampment archie's parting words were as follows you have paid me life for life my friend but for my part i shall never forget what i owe you how strangely our lives have come together dumais two years ago i came all the way from quebec to south river just in time to snatch you from the abyss yesterday having but just landed from a voyage across the ocean i am made a prisoner 
and you find yourself waiting on a little island in trois lake to save my honor and my life the hand of god is in it farewell dear friend however adventurous the soldier's career i cling to the hope that fate will bring us again together and that i may give your children further cause to bless my memory when the sun arose the highlanders remarked the strange pallor of their young chief they concluded that dreading a surprise he had passed the night in wandering about the camp after a light meal archie gave the order to burn the house beside the mill he had scarcely resumed the march when a messenger came from montgomery ordering him to cease from the work of destruction it is time cried archie gnawing his sword hilt End of chapter thirteen